Well, good morning, Fairfax. We wanna share a little bit about what's going on in the life of the church, but first we just wanna welcome you. We're so excited that you're here in the blue seats, that you're here with us online, and special bonus points if you are joining us from the road this holiday weekend. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Fairfax, we always love to tell you what's going on around here, but today we're gonna do it in a little bit of a different way. If you look down next to you on the little armrest, there should be a QR code. Uh, this is gonna be a new landing page. When you scan that QR code, it's gonna take you to links with everything that we talk about here on Sunday mornings, as well as things pop up that are just going on in the community. So we encourage you to go and click on that now. If you're watching online, click on the notes tab. There'll be the link for you there. And if you're in person, and you wanna pick up one of these awesome QR codes to take home and put on your fridge. We know in summer you can't be here every week, there's vacations, a good way just to stay on top of what's happening around here. For sure. And speaking of what's happening around here, what's summer, summer is in full swing. Yes. So uh, summer groups are still meeting. If this is something you wanted to get involved in, it's not too late. Click on that uh, link. It'll take you there and you can find out more information. Also, at the end of this month, we have some very cool things starting. Uh, Kathleen is going to be leading a uh, one night uh, uh, Bible uh, workshop where whether you're new to faith or whether you just want to dig deeper into the word, it'll be a great opportunity to come in and have Kathleen just kind of lead you through how to get into it a little bit more. And we're happy to bring back our Clubhouse Fun Days. Uh, so last year we did this incredible thing where we brought in the preschoolers and the parents. The feedback was unbelievable. The parents loved the community and the connection that was built. So this year we're gonna have a special little area. When you bring your preschoolers in, you can just build that community with other parents. Yep, and maybe, you know, if you need a little bit of a quieter environment besides the fun, if you're having too much fun, you can go hang out there. And coffee, I'll be here to make you coffee, yes. so. Yes, So we've been really excited and just really, really overjoyed to watch the online community grow over these last few years, and that has made us even more excited to be hiring an online pastor. Yeah, so the last couple of years, it's just been fun to see this community grow. Uh, so many of you that are in the seats or online, your first connection is truly made through this service online. And the fact that we're gonna have a pastor coming on board just to focus on that community, uh, to just grow that community and deepen those relationships is something we're really excited about. Yep, yep, so you can scan the QR code at your seat if you're looking to learn more about that, if you're interested, if you know someone who's interested, you can also send them a link if you're watching online. Um, so something that's really special to me, I just got done taking a three-week Spanish as a second language class. The 9.30 service had some people who took it. Did anyone here take it at 11.15? Just me? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there we go. Okay. So it was really, really special. It was really fun. And one of my favorite things about it was getting to meet Arnoldo, who led the class. And he is also the leader of our distribution uh, partnership we take place with in Annandale. We have a team that serves there almost once a week now. Yeah, Arnaldo has been doing this for about 14 years and just serving the community uh, and through the Resource Center and uh, we've been able to build a relationship with him. It's an incredible service opportunity. We go out on Thursday mornings um, and it's not just for the adults. There's an incredible ministry there to the kids uh, in a community and it's just so much fun. I got to go two weeks ago and if it's something that you haven't had a chance to do or you're looking for a way to serve, I encourage you to click on the link to find out more information yep, about that yep. as well. And you do not have to speak Spanish to serve, so if you're worried about that, don't worry, but you might learn some along the way just as a bonus. Un poquito. Yes. <laughs> All right, and lastly, Fairfax, we just wanna say thank you. Um, it is just through your generosity that we're able to do all of those things um, out in the community and around the world. Um, your impact is just felt so huge, so thank you so much. If this is something uh, that you've been thinking about doing, you can always click the link on the, uh, the QR code and find out more information on how to start giving. Uh, that's all we have for you, but before we invite Rod up, let's just have a moment of prayer. 
Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much uh, for this morning. We thank you for every single person uh, that is in the blue seats and joining us online. God, we, uh, we ask that you would just be here with us, that you would open our hearts and open our minds um, as we just prepare to hear what you have uh, for us today. God, let us leave here changed. Let us leave here closer to you and just learning how to love our neighbors even better. God, we love you so much. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're gonna do something a little different today and our team is gonna come out and uh, get things set up for that. We're gonna have a really, really important conversation and I'll talk with you a little bit more in a moment about what the nature of that conversation is. But first of all, I just wanna say welcome and uh, welcome on July 4th weekend. July, July 4th, I got to thinking about it. July 4th not only is important for our country as we celebrate our independence and freedom and all of that, uh, but for our church, it's kind of become an important weekend because uh, two years ago, some of you may remember, two years ago, after COVID and we were doing everything online, July 4th was the first service that we had uh, in person together. And I remember that very clearly. It was just such a special time. We met out in the parking lot. It was 170 degrees. And, uh, and then we decided it was so awesome we would do it again last year. So we did it again last year. It was 190 degrees last year. And uh, so we decided this year we would bring it inside for our July 4th weekend in the air conditioning. Can I get an amen for that? Yeah. So, uh, but we're just so glad that you are with us. Um, I just got back from, my wife and I, Don and I just got back from a very special trip uh, to Budapest, Hungary. And for some of you that know a little bit about our church and kind of some things that we're invested in, one of the huge things for us over the last 20 years has been helping to plant new churches in uh, cities around the world, cities of influence, uh, global cities, and one of the first churches that we helped to plant was a plant just outside of Budapest, Hungary in a, um, a suburb that is called Budakalas. It's, it's kind of like Fairfax to Washington, D.C. It's about 15 minutes outside of the center of the city, 20 minutes outside the center of the city. It's been um, a huge uh, impact for us to be a part of that. And we've seen this church grow and have influence and have impact. And the pastor of that church is a young man named Petty, uh, Peter. And uh, I just wanted to give you a picture. Yeah, this is Peter. This is his wife, Rita, and his two precious kids, Esther on the right and Anna on the left. And uh, I don't know if you can tell from Anna's smile, but she is mischievous. And, and Don and I experienced that like mischievous in an awesome, awesome way. And, um, and the story with Petty is that when I first started going to Budapest 21 years ago, 2001 was my first time, Petty was a 16-year-old uh, in that church. And um, I had a conversation with him 21 years ago where, you know, sometimes you can just sense the anointing that God places on a person. And I sensed that in Petty. And I wanted to, I didn't want to put pressure on him, but I wanted to speak into his life and just to let him know what I saw God doing in his life, which was some amazing things. And I just sensed that 
God was calling him to be a pastor, even at 16. And, um, and that was, in fact, what God was doing. And Petty became the pastor of the Budokolos Church. And um, the church has had just such a significant impact in that community. And one of the things that's going on right now is that Hungary shares a border, a part of the border of Hungary is Ukraine. And they've gotten a van and have been, through a missionary family that's a part of their church, have been taking folks into Ukraine and taking supplies into the western part of Ukraine. If you know kind of what's happening with the war, a lot of it's been going on in the east, and a lot of people have been internally displaced, moving to the western part of Ukraine. And so the church has been responding to that and just doing an amazing, amazing. It's not a huge church, it's not a, an enormous church, but it's had a huge impact in so many ways. And so I just wanted to kind of celebrate that with you. This all happens, all of our Global Cities churches, because of your faithfulness and your generosity. So thank you so much for that. So we're going to have a conversation today on the pursuit of wholeness. And uh, when we talk about wholeness, we're talking about emotional health, mental health, spiritual health, kind of all of that. And uh, in some ways, it's fitting to have this conversation on July 4th weekend because the pursuit of freedom really is about the pursuit of wholeness. It's about being free to live the life that God has created us to live. And a part of this conversation that uh, we're having today uh, is, I, I can't think of anybody that is better positioned to, to have this conversation than Kathleen Nachi. Kathleen Nachi, a lot of you know Kathleen. Kathleen has been a part of our staff for over 20 years now. She is our pastor of community care. And um, uh, she oversees everything related to wholeness, really, in our church, so support groups and care groups and lay counseling and recovery groups, all of that kind of falls under her care. She's really the person that is overseeing development of our staff, care of our staff. And you know, when you think about, when I think about Fairfax, I think about it being a place that is very care centric. I, I don't know of many churches our size that care for people the way that we care for people. And right at the center of that is Kathleen Achi. And so your life has been touched in some way by her life and her role here at Fairfax, whether you even realize it or not, that there are things that Kathleen is involved in and leading that sometimes people don't know kind of who is over all of that, but Kathleen's really at the center of that. And so it's just really, ideal today to have a conversation about wholeness, emotional health, mental health, spiritual health with Kathleen Achi. So would you welcome Kathleen up to the platform today? All right. Well, Kathleen, first of all, thank you for doing this. And um, I really... Um, just appreciate your willingness to kind of be vulnerable and to be a part of a, a kind of a conversation like this. I know that there's some questions that we want to get to talking about wholeness, but I know that your, one of your grandchildren, Fable, uh, thought that maybe there would be a good question that would be an icebreaker for this and said, is 
is Pastor Rod going to ask you what your favorite color is? And you said, well, I don't know. And why? And she said, because she thought it would be a good icebreaker, right? They'll get to know, uh, they'll get to know my grandmother better. And uh, so I'm going to ask you Fable's question. What is your favorite color? It's yellow. And it's yellow. It's okay. yellow. Yep. Got a yellow car. And now, just, how many yeah. people know that Kathleen has a yellow car? Okay. You... <laughs> It's the one yellow car in all of Fairfax County. So when you go out in the parking lot, take a look. That's Kathleen's car. It's really, I don't know of many yellow cars. And uh, so Kathleen, thank you for doing it. Like I said, when we're talking about um, pursuing wholeness, we're talking about this whole thing of spiritual and emotional and mental health. And so let's just begin with maybe the most obvious question is why is that so important? Why is the pursuit of wholeness so central to who we are and so important? Yeah, so what I've learned over all these years in this role is that God has big things for us, whether it's we're, uh, things to do, people to be, relationships to have, and, and he plans this really great life for us. Mm. And sometimes we never get to the place where we enter into any of those things. And maybe being with the people we hope to be with, serving with the people we hope to, or serving with the places he wants us to be, um, just who we are never really becomes revealed in its fullness here on earth mm. because we have, we get stuck in so many different ways. And so trying to figure out in the sense of pursuing wholeness, we're never going to get to wholeness here on earth, but pursuing wholeness is what he wants for us yeah. so we can engage in the things that he has for us. Yeah. And I think sometimes we think about taking the time and the energy and sometimes even the financial resources to pursue emotional health and mental health and spiritual health and all of that, that it feels maybe a little selfish in some way to spend that energy and time on us. But I think one of the things that kind of in some respects led to this conversation is that really it's one of the most selfless things right. that we can do because when we're healthy, then God is able to use us in a way to help others that just he never could. Yeah. Absolutely. It's kind of that whole adage that they, that's talked about often about putting your oxygen mask on first before you put it on others. If you're not in a place where you can help, if you're not in a place where there's some sense of wisdom about you, some sense of clarity for your own life, it is really hard to give it to others. Yeah. So what are some of the symbol or what are some of the signals, I guess, that some things may be just not right? I, I think when we talk about spiritual health and emotional health, it's hard sometimes to put our, our finger on that, to diagnose that. Um, you know, I've dealt obviously with physical things recently and it's, you can really diagnose it and you can kind of put your finger on here's exactly what it is. A little harder yeah. when it comes to emotional health and mental health, spiritual health. Right. Um, yeah, what are, some of the, what are some of the indicators that sure. something's just a little off? 
Right. I think p- part of that is we have so many blind spots on our own emotional yeah. and uh, our own emotional and spiritual health. And so I think some of the things are if we start pulling away from everything we know, mm. if we start isolating ourselves, if we decide that going to church is too hard or, or you know, going to a social group that we belong to, going to small group. It's just like everything's too hard. Right. Um, I think that that is an indication that we're trying to isolate ourselves and that we're not willing to um, share what's going on in our lives. Um, so I think isolation is, is one of the biggest things that we see. Which is so counterintuitive in some right. respects, right? Because when something's going wrong, our first tendency is to move away and to right. distance when, when the need, more than ever, is to be in community and be experiencing community. Absolutely, yeah. 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 I, I think another sign of, of that is the sense that we are, um, just the things we start telling ourselves, the lies we start telling ourselves, we're not good enough, we're not enough, we, you know, no one likes us. No one wants to be around us anyway. I think those are kind of the things too that we see. And you know, those are just lies that the enemy is trying to plant in our brain. Mm. And so between the isolation of not being involved with anyone except our own thoughts is a very dangerous place to be. Mm. Yeah. So, so let's kind of take that a little further. Uh, what are some of the, the obstacles, some of the barriers that keep us from pursuing Wholeness, emotional health, spiritual health, yeah. Yeah, so I think time is a big one. We, we feel like- Feel you know, like we don't have the we time. We don't have the time. Huh. We don't have the time to do that. That there's so much going on around us that I'm trying to take care of so many other people or so many other things that there is no way that I can possibly take the time to take care of myself. Mm. So I think that's one of the barriers. I think is that we, we um, we feel like, I think too, we feel often that it's not such a big deal. Huh. Like what's going on inside of us, we can take care of it, nobody's seeing it, nobody, you know, it's not coming out in my interactions, in my conversations. Um, I can hide that really well. And so we're just not going to, you know, I'm just not going to um, pursue any of those things right now. We just. Hmm. I just, yeah, don't have the time. I'm, I'm functioning and, okay. Right. Job's okay. Right. I'm, exactly. I'm able to deal with the basic things sure. in, in yeah. life. And I think too, it's fear. Like what mm. will get uncovered? Huh. Like things that I don't, like the fear of the unknown. Like I know what's in there that's not so great. But then there's things in there that if, if I knew about them, how would I manage myself? What would happen if others knew about that? Huh. You know, how do, I, how, do I, how do I cope with all of that? Yeah. yeah. One of the challenges in just pursuing wholeness, it seems like, is this idea of finding a safe place mm-hmm. for us to be able to, to do that. And what, what do you think a safe place looks like? What, what are kind of the, the characteristics of a safe place to be able to unpack some stuff, talk about some things, deal with issues? Yeah. Right. So that person looks very different to everyone. It might be a trusted friend. It might be a counselor. Uh, it might be a pastor. You know, all of those sorts of things. But what it looks like is a place where you can be vulnerable and the other person is going to kind of hold the space for you to say what you need to say without being shocked, without being judgmental, without, you know, giving... Um, 
giving advice, you know, because the one thing we typically don't need when we share this sort of thing is for someone to fix it for us. And, and that's, uh, that usually works against the person that you're trying to help. Um, but uh, so looking for someone like that, I think, you know, you have to dip your toe in the water if you don't have that safe person. Many of us do, but many of us don't have that. We don't know where to find that. We feel very vulnerable by the things that are um, on our heart and in our mind, and we are not so sure how to actually pursue that. So one of the things is dip your toe in, tell somebody that you think you can trust, you think that can hold this for you, uh, just a little bit about your story. And if they turn and, you know, don't really pay attention, don't listen or whatever, maybe they're not the right person. I think the thing we have to remember is that there's somebody for everyone. Hmm. There's someone here or someone, you know, wherever uh, to be able to talk to you. God places people in huh. our lives. And sometimes we are so stuck that we can't see the very people he's putting around us to, to share. Right, and that's yeah. one of the things that I think we can be confident in, right? That, that there, there is someone or someones that God, God has not left us alone. A lot of times when we talk about God not leaving us alone and not abandoning us, we think just in the sense of his spirit being at work in our lives, which is obviously one huge component of that. But the presence through his people right. is also one of the promises as well. Yeah. Absolutely. So um, talk a little bit about, um, I, I think one of the things that a lot of us, I think, is all of us struggle with, you know, issues of health and we're, all, we're always in this journey and we're dealing with brokenness in our own lives. Uh, but particularly within the Christian community, it seems like sometimes um, there is a tendency for us to go, me and Jesus, we got this. Right. And uh, so as long as I'm you know, doing the things that we know help to foster spiritual health, like spending time in his word and spending time praying and making sure that our relationship personally with him is vibrant, that that's it. Right. Me and Jesus, we got this. Right. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So... Um I think all of those things are really important. We do need to have this relationship with God. But uh, we were placed here with others. Mm. You know, from the word, all, throughout the word, it, God is constantly telling us that we are not alone, that we lead to live in community. And that looks different for lots of different people. But we cannot do this, you know, do this life by ourselves. And if we try to, we will fail and fall hard. Yeah. I mean, all the way back to Genesis, yeah. you know, it's not good to be, be alone, alone, you know, right. and we, sometimes we'd limit that just to talking about marriage, but that was a statement much broader than just dealing right. with marriage. That was right. a statement that had to do with just human community. Sure. Yeah. And I think, I think, you know, it really goes back to the sin of pride, right? It just goes back to the fact that we are, can be a proud people. And we often feel like we got this. Yeah. God and I got this, you know. Right. And that really just stems from um, pride in not feeling, a feeling that we can manage everything on our own without other people. Yeah, yeah. Can we go back to the safe place? Uh, yeah. You're talking about dipping your toe in. If you're not sure, maybe you've got someone. So talk, talk a little bit about that, about 
maybe what some of the characteristics of a person that we think is safe to talk to, to process with, to unpack some things. Uh, what are some of the characteristics? What are we looking for? Right. Yeah. So we're just looking in typical conversation that we would have with these people. Are they, um, are they judgmental towards others? Mm. Um, are they uh, in a right place with God? I mean, it's really important. Not that every person we share with needs to be someone who is a follower of God. That's a good place because that's, what your, that's where your heart is. And so that's a really good place to be. So, you know, kind of do they have integrity? Do they have the character that we hope to emulate? Sometimes it's just seeing something in someone else and saying, I'd really like to get there, you know? And mm -hmm. so I think having that similar sort of thing, um, that's, those are important pieces too. Yeah, good listener. Oh, absolutely. Um, what about just processing? You know, even when you're not processing stuff that's going on in your own life, can you learn some things just in relationships of how people process that may give you an indication this is maybe someone I can trust absolutely. to talk to. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, how they, uh, you know, just, especially if you're in a small group with someone. I mean, I think that's one of the places. If mm -hmm. you're in a community group with someone where you hear someone, when you're sharing answers and someone gives like these, you know, like pretty thoughtful answers all the time, or they're questioning themselves. They don't have it all together. It's not that they're the smartest one in the room or anything like that, but just that they're being thoughtful and intentional about how they're living their lives. And so you can see how the, the way they spend their time, the way they treat their children, the way they treat their spouse, you know, all of those, the way they treat their friends. I mean, I think those are the things that kind of, you know, you would want to see in someone that's doing that. Yeah, that's that. a good yeah. observation because I think when you're in a small group, when you're in a small community, it's not everyone in that small group that you're going to necessarily identify with on the same level, right. nor be able to have the same kind of conversations with. But if you're paying attention and the, there's intimacy that's happening within that group, you do begin to yeah. see those things, don't you? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What about caregivers? We have a lot of folks in our church that are in caregiving roles. Uh, and what I mean by that is that they are the safe place for other people to come to. And people do tend to come to them. And, and obviously, whatever, that may be a friend, for I think every parent is a caregiver. Every parent <laughs> right. is that is trying to be that safe place for their kids. And so for and then we have folks that are they're teachers and other kinds of professions. And then folks that are on staff, pastors, all of that. But when you're when you're a caregiver, what are some of the unique challenges that someone who's a caregiver <laughs> faces in finding a safe place for themselves? Sure. So when someone's in that place and they're holding so much for other people, uh, sometimes it's, it feels very much like uh, if I were to share the stuff that I'm dealing with, even though we know everybody's got stuff, if I'm gonna share that with anyone else, they might really be surprised. Huh. The fact that I look like I have my stuff together because I, I care for so many or um, that's the persona I give off. Um, so it makes it harder for a caregiver who has everything in them, just wants to care for others, that 
it's very difficult to find the person that will care for them. Yeah. And so um, I think the, the challenge there is that um, the very same thing that you do for other people, you really need to find for yourself. Yeah. And I think, you know, often caregivers fall into that pride thing more than anyone else of feeling, well, I, you know, I already know how to take care of others. I know what to say. So if I just say it to myself, if I just do it for myself, that'll be fine. But again, that's living on your own. That's being isolated. Yeah. And, and just because God is using you to help speak into the life of someone who's experiencing some brokenness doesn't mean that you don't have your own brokenness. Absolutely. And I, I think, you know, I was raised in a pastor's home, and so I've been around and pastors my whole life and all that. And I think, but I think it's true not just for pastors, but for so many, is that when you, when God is using you to deal with others' brokenness, you, sometimes you, you don't think you have brokenness or you underestimate right. the brokenness that you're dealing with. Absolutely. And maybe don't even give your permit, don't give yourself, yourself permission, permission to be broken or right. to acknowledge your brokenness because I'm the one that other people go to. Exactly, yeah. I, I think that's absolutely true. And, and you know, what a, what, a, what a lie to be told, right? I mean, yeah. to be in a place where, because you're not gonna be able to do that forever. If you, you will eventually get to the place as whatever role you're in that you're gonna crack right. because you're just holding everyone else's stuff and there's no good place for you to go. And I think that that is, um, just so unwise, so, you know, so unhealthy, um, and, but so normal. It's just so normal that we do that. Yeah, yeah. Are there levels of vulnerability in the sense that, you know, sometimes when we talk about being vulnerable, it's, we talk about it as if it's this monolithic kind of thing. Either we're a mm -hmm. vulnerable person or we're not. Either we're vulnerable in every situation or we're not vulnerable yeah. and we're holding our stuff. But the reality is that there's levels of vulnerability, right? And, and in terms of finding the right situation and matching it with the right level of vulnerability. Can you talk a little <laughs> yeah, bit about that? Yeah. yeah. So I think, you know, um, so, you're, so you're dipping your toe in the water to find that person. And um, I think, you know, sometimes we, we don't feel like there's anyone around us, but if you start evaluating the people who are around you, so who are your, who's the core people for you? Maybe your best friends, maybe people that you've met, um, you know, wherever, but, but those are your core people. Those, those are your people, and those are the people that you go to for all of those things. And, you know, we kind of see this emulated with Jesus himself. I mean, mm. he, had, uh, he had very close friends that he had, that he shared everything with. We see that over and over in the Gospels. The and inner then circle, the inner even, circle, even among the disciples. Exactly. The yeah. And then the rest of the disciples, you know, where he shared his life with. And then there were other people on the outside. We see his friends, his family, those sorts of things. And then it's the community. So if we shout out to the community our pain first, there's, there's not gonna be much residence there, right? right? I think Facebook is a perfect example of that, right? right. We shout out on Facebook or um, on social media somehow, here's what's going on, and yet the core people don't even know that that's what's happening right. in your or life. Or find out through that. Find out through that, yeah, right. absolutely. Right. And so, um, so I think there needs to be like, you need to check in with the core people first about what's going on. And then it has that rippling effect of you know, whether or not you share at other levels, maybe the pain is so great, the thing is so wounding and deep that you just keep it at that level. And 
And I think that, you know, one of the things that we, we find that when we're holding on to that and we finally find the person or we know who to go to with that and they respond in the way that we hope they will spot, respond, the, the actual, like, you can breathe again, just the sense of, um, I was vulnerable and it's okay. Like, I'm still here, nothing terrible happened. Mm. And I finally feel like in the release of that information, in the release of that pain, that it's gonna be okay. Yeah. That that person is gonna hold that for me, that I can move further into whoever else I need to include in yeah. that. Yeah, those concentric circles of vulnerability, I think, are so important. Yeah. And, you know, being able to identify, okay, here's, here's the individuals, or here maybe is just the person mm -hmm. that I can share this level of things with. And then here are those that maybe it's a different level of vulnerability. Or in some cases, different kinds of issues with different kinds of people. Absolutely. Based on kind of how God has wired them and where they are most helpful in terms of speaking into our lives. Exactly, I mean, sometimes, you know, workplace issues may not translate to someone right. who you know in another context, but if finding that person at work that maybe you could share something with. A family, maybe not sharing what's going on in your family with someone at work. I mean, it just, you right. just have to find the right level and really be thoughtful about who, who you share with and how you share with. And it's such a messy process. Oh gosh, yes. It would be so nice if it was just like everyone wore signs, it's <laughs> like you can share this with me and it's safe, you know, but it's like, it's like you say, it's this, it's this dipping your toe in, it's, it's, it's trying to figure out, okay, I think this is the people or the group or whatever that I can share this with, and then you do, and sometimes you're very disappointed and maybe even hurt and right. from that. And, wounded in some way from that, which then creates a fear oftentimes of, of continuing to do that. But we have to be comfortable in the messiness. Is that a fair way to say it? Of just Absolutely. like, this is gonna be a messy process. It is, it yeah. is gonna be messy. And, and I think when we do that and things go wrong, we have to be willing to get up and find the next person. Mm. Not just to, I think that happens so often that we, you know, we feel like I, I tried, I tried to share, but that person turned me off or that person, you know, um, they didn't respond the way I'd hoped to. They, they were just the wrong person, but it doesn't mean then we shut down again and we don't allow God to do the work that he wants to do through that person. Yeah, and it happens a lot in the church. Oh, I mean, yeah. over the years, I've seen that over and over again where folks have been in situations and thought it was safe and then it wasn't safe and they got hurt and, and then there's a tendency. Uh, a lot of times when folks come here, they've been wounded in a church setting in the sense of whatever it was, being judged, uh, being vulnerable, being honest, and not kind of having a grace-filled response that really they needed right. for that. And then there's a hesitancy to kind of take that plunge again. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I think, you know, that's, I I'm always feel like when people come in and they tell me that, they're so brave. Yeah. I mean, they are so brave to come through the doors of a church again and to share that and to say, I've been really hurt. And you know, I think that is 
one of the one of the things because it's messy life um, that the church has done, and and if it's done here, like we need, like we want to know about right. that. Like you know, we don't want that to be happening here as well. But it will. Right. It will because of relations with people, misunderstandings, how we hear each other. Those things. Those things are just part of life. And and again, I just give a lot of kudos to people who actually continue to step out yeah. and do the right thing next. Yeah. Yeah, for themselves. One of the things that I've heard you talk about is dealing with fresh pain. Mm-hmm. And I love that term. I, I think the idea behind it is this idea that we live in this broken, sinful world, this side of heaven, we're always going to deal with woundedness and pain. That's, we're never going to get to a point where it's like, okay, everything's fine, and now it's going to be fine going forward. Right. There's always going to be fresh pain, fresh wounds. And you talk about being able to position ourselves so that we can deal with the fresh pain or the fresh wounds better. Can you talk yeah. a little bit about Absolutely. what's involved in that? Yeah. yeah. So I think, you know, our pain like starts at childhood. Like there's always some wounding that happens, some different things that might have happened, you know, through uh, later on in our young adult years, things that happen in relationships, breakups, marriages that fall apart. I mean, all of the things, uh, you know, people that die. I mean, all of the things that happen in our lives that are painful. And what happens is, is that we, as we go along, if we don't take care of that pain as it happens and we bury it, it basically just buries in layers. Hmm. And we just find uh, our, our whole being is just one layer of pain and trauma and bad things after another. And so when the fresh pain comes on, because none of this has been taken care of, the fresh pain comes on and it's just another layer. Mm. And we can't see that as new pain that we have to deal with. We see it through the lens of everything that's happened throughout our whole lives. Now we can't take that away completely. We, we are always going to see things through our own experiences, our losses, um, the grief, um, whatever we have dealt with. But if we can kind of push some of that away because we've had it healed, we have so many more tools in our toolbox yeah. to be able to deal with the new thing coming in. For instance, if, you know, if um, we have a loss in our life that's really great, someone really close to us dies, and we're trying to experience, you know, trying to figure that piece out. But when our grandmother died, that was really poorly dealt with. Right. And so every time we have another loss, that, lay, that kind of surfaces itself and doesn't allow us to grieve well. Right. We just basically remember when grandma died and how awful that is. Uh, so we, how, how awful that was. So it goes along with anything, poor relationships, uh, you know, Um, hard times as a kid growing up, anything that we've dealt with, every time we put another fresh layer on, everything from here just keeps hitting that and we never get over, we never deal with the things well. And in in some respects, that fresh pain becomes a trigger that kind of brings to the surface, brings to the present, the past, 
right. again and again and again. Yeah. Right. So talking with someone about that, the safe person, whether that be, uh, you know, like we said before, you know, friends or such, or actually having to go to a counselor. And sometimes that's so layered that it really just needs some somebody who can really speak into that well. Yeah. So Kathleen, where is God in all this? So, you know, I think that when we're in the midst of woundedness and pain and we're trying to move towards wholeness and the messiness of it and the disappointment sometimes and the up and down and all of that, sometimes it, it feels like God maybe isn't too, too much there. That It feels like God is distant, he's far, all of that. Um, but I know that as you have walked through this with so many people, that God is, is very much uh, present. But talk a little bit about. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So I think the things, uh, you know, because of what we do, the isolation, we do the lies to ourselves, all of that, we forget that God never abandons, mm. that God is always part of what we are um, about. He sees everything, he knows everything. He weeps with us, he knows our hurts. And so um, that's where the hope is of recognizing that um, not only is God there for us and knows all of this, but he sends his people to be with us. Mm. And if we don't look up and we don't see them, we're never going to um, deal with the, the things that are going on in our lives. Yeah. And so we just really need to trust the fact that um, even though it may not be taken care of today like we'd like it to, we're, we're a people of if it's not taken care of today, then I'm not gonna deal with it. Uh, we, we need to trust that those folks are there for us, that God is in that pain with us and that he will take care of it. And that's yeah. where community is so significant because at least in my own life, sometimes in the midst of really difficult stuff, like I, that God is present. Like I, it's almost yeah. palpable. I can feel his presence. But then other times I'm in the midst of um, difficult times and God feels very distant and, and it is the people of God right. that are in connection and in community that reminds me of the presence of God and is in fact, you know, we, we talk about this, that the, the scripture calls the church the body of Christ and it's not just a spiritual euphemism, like we really are the hands and feet right. of Christ. We are the presence of God in the lives of others and sometimes, um, especially when God feels distance, that community experience is so important. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, sometimes we just have, um, sometimes we have like, if, if we have our go-to person at church, you know, that we go to, and that's, and that's wonderful. But expanding that, when that person's not there, when that person's not available, when that person's doing something else, I mean, I think it's just so important to have a, a breath of people that we are are talking with, that we are sharing with, and that we are sharing our lives. And that just feels more like, you know, uh, Jesus incarnate, like mm. that he's here with us through the, the, the good words, the, the wise counsel of other people. Yeah. Well, Kathleen, I really do feel, I've said this on many occasions, I feel like Fairfax is a place of healing and that people can experience the healing presence of God in every 
area of our lives. And I really feel like you and the role that you continue to play here is God is using you in just so many significant ways. I'm so thankful for you. And would you just show your appreciation to Kathleen? And Kathleen, I'm going to ask if you would, uh, if you would just offer a prayer for sure. us as mm -hmm. a church. And I'm going to invite you to stand as yeah. a congregation as she does that. Yeah. <sighs> Father God, um, I'm so grateful for this place. I love this place. I love these people. I'm so grateful for the ways in which you uh, just are so present with us ways in which you continue to want to mold and shape our lives, the ways in which you want to heal us, Lord, wherever we're at, whatever relationship problem we have, whatever struggle that we're in, whatever pain is being layered upon layer in our lives, Lord, we just um, are so grateful that there's a way out of that. And through you, Lord, and through your people, there is a way out. So I ask, Lord, today that we would have brave hearts. We would be strong and courageous in you to come and find those ways in which we no longer need to be isolated. We no longer need to be uh, by ourselves and separated out, Lord, but that there is a place here, Lord, that we can find restoration in our relationships, restoration in the pain, healing of the trauma that we have been through. And so, God, I just ask that um, maybe today is the day that we come forward and we ask for prayer. Maybe it's the day that we connect back to someone who uh, has taken an interest, who has just, just we feel very connected to, or just even a little bit connected to, that we can just approach that person and maybe ask them to hear our stories. And so God, um, in the midst of this, in the midst of this time of us um, just worshiping right now, Lord, speak to us, speak to our hearts, let us know that no matter what happens, you will not abandon us. You will not let us go, that you are there through your people. In your son's name we pray, amen.